You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're live for another edition of Locked On Seminoles here with Max and Drake. Folks, I know we promised you Dave. He's not here today because unfortunately, uh, sometimes Easter Sunday turns into a little Easter Monday with his travel schedule and he will be back bright and early Wednesday morning. That I promise you with no knowledge of if it will come true, but I want it to be. So I'm promising. Driz, as we go into day two of, uh, Locked on Seminoles. How you feeling, bud? I feel good, man. Uh, we have a lot of good news to talk about today, especially, you know, on the gridiron. We have, you know, what we, what we heard about Brooks Kepka actually going to be playing at the Masters. He arrived today. And I'm just very stoked to, you know, be excited to be here. After the first episode, we got the jitters out, and now I'm just ready to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, it's crazy to be here one night after we just recorded an episode again with our new daily format. So, folks, we got a great episode for you again today. Locked on Seminoles, all Seminoles, all the time. 30 minutes coming at you right now. We're going to talk about the Randy Shannon hire, and then we're going to play a fun little game to talk about our expectations for the spring game. Today's all football, except, like Drake mentioned, our boy Brooks Kepka, whose knee is working because he just got down on it and is newly affianced to his... uh. I guess fiance. Uh, but yeah, he's at, he's in Augusta. And look, I get fired up about Daniel Berger, but I'm a Brooks Kepka guy. So that makes me really happy. And if we make you really happy, make sure that while you're listening to this, open up Apple Pods, Spotify, Switcher, whatever you're using and give us a little rate, review and follow. Uh, it does help. It'll let you be notified when our episodes go live. Uh, we had a huge listenership for our first one yesterday, and we hope to keep it rolling. But again, just rate, review, like, follow, all that good stuff, uh, and give us some feedback. You know, Let us know. If we earn five stars, give it to us. Tell us why. If we earn one star, give it to us. Tell us why. We love it either way. Don't give us one star. Don't give us the one star. Don't listen to Max about that. If you get the five star, we'll ride with that. The one star, you know, keep it to yourself. You know, the old, the old uh, golden rule, you got nothing nice to say. Don't say it at all. All right, I guess that's fair. And you know what? Give us five stars, but then tell us where we can get better and we'll get 1% better every day. Speaking of 1% better every day, I think the coaching staff got 1% better today. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about quite a bit. The new thing in college football are these shadow staffs, the, the coveted analyst role, you know, and a lot of these big name coaches, maybe they hit a, a bumpy patch in their career. Where do they go, Drake? They go to the Nick Saban Reformatory School for former head coaches that want to learn how to coach good, but also do other stuff really good, too. Exactly. You know, and recently, uh, they actually, Kirby Smart started a chapter of that snagging Will Muschamp. And I've seen the question all around Twitter, where's our big analyst hire? Why don't we get these analysts? Well, folks, ask and you shall receive. He is risen as of yesterday. And you know what? Today, we were delivered Randy Shannon. If you don't know who that is, but the name sounds familiar... Drake's going to tell you why, and try not to shudder. It's, look, it sounds bad, but it's good. So Randy Shannon, I'm Florida State fans, you probably know him very well. He was at the University of Miami for about, honestly, total like 20 years. He started there as a GA back in 91 when they won their, their fourth national championship. He also was the head coach there from 2007 to 2010 after Larry Coker, and he was the D.C. from 2001 to 2006 as well, and he... For those six years, he had that team in top 10 nationally, four out of the six years there. 
And then, you know, after the, you know, the head coaching job didn't work out at University of Miami, he went to UF, was DC there, and actually helped lead them to a two separate SEC East championships the last time they, you know, they actually won their own division, except for what this past year. And then after that, he went to UCF, where I know about. We have a large, you know, UCF listener base. Shout out, Evis, my little brother. I know you're checking on in. And he was DC there and led them to a top 10 defense when they were undefeated those first two seasons back in 2017, 2018. And one other caveat, too, that he was the, he mainly handled defensive backs. And if you guys remember, we landed Brandon Moore, a transfer from UCF, who was a borderline second round, first round pick. And as an analyst, he's not going to be able to, you know, have a headset on and be, you know, doing in game adjustments, but he's going to be able to be in the film room, discuss, and uh, potentially have a recruiting. Yeah, and the analyst role is a funny one because, again, we talk about how important these shadow staffs are. And I remember when we brought in Willie's boy, um, name slipping me, but we brought in Levitt, Jim Levitt, right before the Virginia game. And there was like a noticeable difference on defense. So uh, I'm not going to say that – Yeah, we looked, at, we looked better. Yeah, and I, you know, look, I'm not going to pretend to know all the compliance laws of in the offseason what these guys can and can't do. But I know that they can help with recruiting. I know having someone that's coached at literally every other major Florida school and UCF and someone that is that heavily tied to the city of Miami mm-hmm. isn't going to hurt us on the recruiting trail. So I'm really excited. I think – look, I think more than anything, what this says to me as a fan is this shows what the transfers showed. It shows that people that have their head on straight – People that have been around the block that know a thing or two believe in Mike Norvell because y'all can say, you know, maybe he's the defensive coordinator in waiting, which may be true. But if he thought Fuller was going to get fired, that means he thinks the defense isn't going to do well, which means he thinks the team isn't going to do well. And therefore, if he didn't think the head coach wasn't, you know, was going to stick around even through a bad season, thus believes in the head coach, he wouldn't be here. So I, I take it very much as a vote of confidence from someone that, as much as it hurts me to say this, look, he was the DC at Miami when they were kicking the shit out of everyone, 01 to 06, I think, or 07. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the DC at UF when, yeah, their offenses were terrible and they blocked each other and Muschamp got ran out of town. But those defenses were literally top five defenses in the country. So, I mean, you really couldn't get a better guy at the analyst role. No, you really couldn't. And I remember specifically the fan base was clamoring for, you know, a replacement at the D.C. I don't think, I mean, a lot of people want him to be, but I don't think Randy Shannon is the D.C. and waiting for that. I think he's not going to get that sort of thing for a while. But I do agree that it shows that Mike Norvell is kind of like, listen, like I need to have, you know, he probably looked at Adam Fuller. He's been performing poorly. He's like, hey, listen, man. You know, are you trying to keep your job? Because I'm trying to keep my job right now. Because if you keep performing like this, neither of us is going to have a job. So basically right now you see he's exhausting his entire war chest to um, uh, bring people on that have the same vision to succeed. I mean, we saw with the Bartell hire as well when Coach Lock, um, Coach Lachlan moved on to WKU. You see it now with Randy Shannon. And I'm pretty – I'm stoked. I mean, it's a big, big hire. And I think the Miami connection is huge because we – I mean, me personally mostly have been decrying them how they did not have the connection with South Florida – Mm-hmm. And now with that, he has that experience over almost for 29 years recruiting that specific area. So you know he's tight with the committee down there, which is what we need. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that um, one thing I've I've really lauded Mike Norvell for is the ability to recognize what he isn't good at or what he doesn't have and fill that deficiency. You know, we've we've seen it with hiring a great chief of staff. We've seen it with hiring a director of football operations. We've seen it with 
hiring a uh, a great director of high school relations, hiring, you know, I, you know, orchestrating Michael Alford becoming the CEO of the Florida State Boosters and bringing that together as it hadn't been brought together in its previous iteration. So, yeah, he knows uh, he knows how to fill his deficiencies and, and he knows that recruiting South Florida is something this coaching staff hasn't been able to get done at the elite level and uh, they need to get it done. So we're going to take a quick break, folks. Uh, we got to pay the bills somehow. But when we get back, we're going to play a, a fun little game Drake and I came up with. It's, uh, it's spin the wheel. It's mostly, it's mostly your idea, Max. It's mostly OK. Your idea. All right. All right. It's 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 two dudes playing spin the wheel. And what we've done is written the the position groups down onto a little spinner wheel. We're going to spin it virtually, of course. I don't keep one of those in my office. And then whatever it lands on, that's the position group we're talking about. So uh, vis-a-vis, you know, regarding the spring game. So, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in 60 seconds, folks. Have you all ever fixed your own car? Do you regularly fix your own car? Well, if you have, you know that finding the right parts can be a bit challenging. You go down to a store and they may not have it in stock. Ordering online can take weeks um, and it's it's just a real pain. I myself found this out when I decided to try to see how long I could make my 2003 Jeep Cherokee live. Uh, I made it live for 195,000 miles and I actually decided to save some money and start doing repairs myself. Uh, I went to YouTube, watched some videos, learned how to replace an alternator, uh, ordered an alternator and it took four weeks to get there. Uh, when it got there, it wasn't for the right model. It was for the Grand Cherokee, not the Cherokee, and there's an issue getting it in. And boy, do I wish I'd had someone like our boys over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online catalog that is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. So guys, whether you're a pro at auto repair or you're trying to save a little bit of money with some YouTube, a couple, a toolbox and do it yourself on your own car, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck or SUV and then write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. And we're back, folks. Uh, thanks for letting us pay the bills. Got to keep my daughter in her school uniforms and all that good stuff. So we really appreciate it. But we're going to play a little game real quick. Drake and I have devised this game. I, he let me take the credit, so I'll say mostly me, where I have written out a wheel, like a, you know, a thing you'd see at a carnival. And on that wheel, I have the following position groups. I've got DBs, linebackers, D-line, O-line, running backs, wideouts, tight ends, and special teams. Right now, I'm going to spin this virtual wheel, and whatever it lands on is the position group we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about what kind of improvements we're hearing they're making, what we're hearing about them headed into the spring game, and what we're really going to try to observe during the spring game when we're there to, uh, you know, basically what we need to see. I'm, I'm making that more complicated than it needs to be. So let's do this thing, Driz. Please be DBs. Please be DBs. Please be DBs. Here we go. And big money, big money, big money. Boom. Don't be all line. We got running backs, baby. Okay. I can deal with that. I can deal with so that. we got the running backs. I can deal with the running backs. So let's um, well let's just start with the elephant in the room, right? Injuries. We got to talk injuries when we talk running backs on this team, right? I think we've got Jay Sean Corbin coming back from a pretty brutal hamstring injury, and we saw him last year perform what I would say was considerably well. But I think with him and the room in general, but he's the one I want to see because. 
a hamstring like isn't always you know a bounce right back kind of one year thing right like it, it, again isn't that what bam who we just got was out for like a year and a half with was a hamstring or was that a knee uh i want to say that was a knee yeah bam from UCF. oh yeah, yeah that was that was a knee that was a knee then yeah that was a knee okay sorry folks Anyway, he had, but Jay Sean Corbin had a full-blown torn hamstring, and to see him run the way he did last year, I, I really think he's the guy that probably could have the biggest jump. I was thinking Toa Feely, but I'm sorry. He just he didn't put on the size in the weight room I wanted to see. I, mm-hmm. He's still listed at a buck 85, six feet tall. That's like that's just not big enough to compete at this level, in my opinion, as, as an every down back. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think Corbin has another gear that folks maybe uh, – Maybe aren't aware of yet, but what do you want to see from the running backs? Uh, I mean, I agree with you too. I think the, this team will go as far as I think Jay Sean Corbin will, you know, take them. I think you know we did see it last year where he did come off really, really slow, but then as the season progressed, he got more comfortable. Kind of the burst is a little bit back, and if you see from the scrimmage highlights and you know from what Dave was telling us, too, he looked much more not only you know it's like quicker, he looked more comfortable. He wanted to take those cuts. He wanted to take the inside runs. What I honestly want to see is how he's going to be able to how Norvell's going to be able to feed. All three of them, because remember, we also got DJ Williams, the, tra- the transfer running back from Auburn, who's another big boy back. He's, he's one of those typical SEC, you know, big bruising backs, kind of like in the model, like a Nick Chubb. And I really want to see how he's able to. I mean, he's a bowling ball, right? Like, isn't he under six foot? He's a he's a thick kid. And he's like 220? Yeah, he's basically just a slightly bigger, and in my personal opinion, faster version of Damian Webb, who we, you know, you know, best luck to him, you know, back over at Troy, now is where he transferred out to. But I really want to see where D.J. Williams, you know, how he kind of is implemented into this offense. I kind of see him as, like, you know, that third down back, kind of like the um, a Chris Ivory that you saw, you saw in the pros. But I really sure. do want to see how they're able to feed the ball around because I'm right, I'm with you there with Total Philly too. That he didn't gain the weight that I wanted to see. I don't want him to get hurt because when he has the ball in space, he's special. But he needs to he needs to get bigger, man. You're not going to be able to survive on this level, you know, being that small. Agreed. And I really want to see how they use the running back in this scrimmage because it will be a full blown live scrimmage. So. Um, I, I'm curious to see, do they get creative with these folks? One thing we heard about Norvell coming in is how he finds a way to get the playmakers the ball. I mean, his self, his self proclamation is the offense is built for playmakers. And I think last year I was a little surprised by how, for lack of a better word, traditionally his running backs get used. So I'm interested to see that. The one I'm really, really curious about if we can count him as a running back is Corey Wren. I mean, we've heard about his speed, we've heard about the burst, we've heard about the athleticism, except we haven't heard about those last two, right? Like, you always just hear how fast he is. And it's like, well, what can he do with the ball in his hand? Like, that's what I want to see. Cause, yeah, because he like he's a nationally ranked, like, top five sprinter uh, back in Louisiana. He ran like a 9.72 or something that's like absurdly quick. So he's fast. It's just, yeah. I'm yeah, really- at this year's pro days, it would have been like an 8.4. Oh, I mean, this year, he would have run a 419 at the, uh, the Kentucky Pro Day because those times have been ridiculous. But no, like, there is there, – why is he not on the field? I'm right there with you with that. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen him. And the other one, too, I think, that I'm interested because it's a spring game is I'm excited to see Dante Sheffield. Like, Odell. Yeah, like, these guys that do this for a living and make millions of dollars, I I will bet money that they know more about football than Max Moody does. They just probably do. There's a reason that – no one's paying me seven figures to coach the team. And there's a reason that we don't see him more often than we do. But, you know, in that ASU game, right, didn't he have, like, most of our offense from back there when we basically told him, like, hey, you're the only running back we've got, so don't screw this up. And he had flashes last it year. It was the show of the walk-ons. It was him and uh, yeah. another kid who I had, I want to say, like, three touchdowns in the first scrimmage. It was Treshawn Ward, who apparently actually got the scholarship 
back in January officially. It was him and Parker Grothaus. And I mean, yeah. yeah, Odell Sheffield. I mean, he's mainly known for being, you know, the kid that you know handles OVs. Apparently, he's the one that you know all the kids you know stay with, the recruits stay with. He makes sure they you know have a good time. Tells them what they you know to expect at Florida State. But yeah, I kind of do want to see like because Norvell wasn't shy about you know using you know Preston Daniel or Wyatt Rector for walk on. So I would like to see how he uses these underutilized players that don't have that much film and because coaches can't scheme uh, for what they haven't seen yet. Oh, absolutely, and I think that. You know, there's so much to talk about with this group. We got to take a one more quick break, folks, and then we're going to come back in our final segment. We're just we're going to keep talking about next year because I think we have a few more things to talk about with how what we need to see from these guys next year. Not from the spring game, but if this team's going to get to the next level, what this position group needs to do. So uh, we'll see you guys in about 60 seconds. But before you go, uh, I just want to let y'all know if you get done hearing our lovely voices for 25 minutes and you want to know what's going on in the world of sports nationally, make sure to swing on over to Locked On Today. That's where our boy Peter Bukowski covers every sport that you want to know about, all the majors, uh, for 20 minutes. It's a quick hit, great way to finish your drive home, your drive to work, whatever you're listening to us during, your workout, whatever it is, check out Pete over there on the Locked On Today podcast. So we'll see y'all after the break. Do you guys like to gamble? Do you like to roll the proverbial dice but have slightly better odds than if you were to play a game of complete chance? Well, if you like to use your brain power and try to win some money doing that, bet on sports, bet on reality TV, heck, but you can even bet on award shows if you want. If you want to bet on any of those things, though, the only place you should be doing it is betonline.com. BetOnline is super fast, super convenient, super easy, and if you head on over there, you'll love it. It's very easy to use, and in fact, if you sign up right now on BetOnline.com, they'll match your first deposit at fifty percent as a little, uh, little welcome bonus. So, go ahead, try it out, get some free money, and see what you can cook up. Maybe uh, you got lucky last night on the national championship. Maybe you didn't. But we've got pro sports, MLB, NHL, and uh, tons of other stuff coming up. So head on over to BetOnline.com and uh, you know, tell them I sent you. All right, we are back with Max and Drake talking about the position groups. The wheel spun, it landed on running backs, and we said what we thought of the position group headed into the spring game. I want to wrap that up with one more quick, like, two minutes here, Driz, uh, and we'll each talk. So, like, one minute each. What do you think this position group has to be next year to bring this team to the next level? And I'm, I'm not talking 10 wins. I'm talking our realistic next level of seven or eight wins. What do we need to see out of the running backs? I need to see them be able to gain those four to maybe four to five yards, you know, consistently and be able to, you know, sustain the consistent drags. They're going to be, they're not going to be the focal point of the offense, regardless of whether Mackenzie Milton is the quarterback or Jordan Travis. But we definitely need them to be a complement to the actual thing because one thing that we did see last year was a lot of, lot, you know, broken plays, you know, loss of, you know, two, three yards, which were not, no follow their own. That goes to O line, which we'll talk about, you know, later on this week. But, yeah, that's what's what I need to see. I need to see consistent, positive plays to be able to, you know, go from passing downs to, you know, those third and three, third and four, like more manageable downs. I was going to say, bro, I, I agree with everything you're saying except for how you framed it. I think they're probably the most important part of this offense because we saw last year via advanced metrics, this team does not perform well on passing downs. It's, I mean, look, the O-line breaks down. Our quarterbacks are scrambling a lot. It does not lend itself to a third and eight, third and nine, second and 12. We need our running backs, in my opinion, to get two to four yards on first down. It's like, I feel like Brad Pitt and Moneyball, you know, it's like, does he get on base? Get me two down. If you can get, if we can average 2.2 yards 
per play on first downs, I think this team wins three more games this year uh, than they did last year. If we can average over three yards on first downs, I think we could creep into that seven or eight. And I don't want to be, uh, what's the word, reductive, but I really think that at the end of the year, you'll be able to look at what that average on first downs was, and it'll be very telling of how this team performs. So I think that's going to fall on the running backs. But anyway, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart and FSU adjacent, and that's the Masters this weekend. Folks, if you know me, you know that golf is my third love. Obviously, my mom and my daughter are my first two. But like, you know, if I didn't have to say them, golf's number one. And the Masters is just a great time of year. It's Augusta. It's not part of the PGA. It's not part of the World Golf Championships. It's literally just like its own thing. It's a major. It's a green jacket. And I couldn't be more fired up than when I got on Twitter this morning. And I saw Brooks Kepka had followed up his Jordan meme with, a, with shots of him at Augusta telling us he's going to play. I'm a huge Brooks Kepka stan. And I just, I cannot wait to see him walk between the hedges and pipe a few down the fairways and hopefully beat Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, um, I'm not a big golf guy. But the one time I do watch golf is the Masters. My birthday's around the Masters. Uh, one of my best friends actually played golf. And I'm very excited to watch the Masters this weekend. And I do, and we'll be rooting for both Bruce Kapka, but also we have Daniel Berger in the field as well, another FSU alumni. We do, and it's going to be a really interesting um, field this year. You know, I, I said beat, you know, Bryson DeChambeau. <sighs> Folks, feel free to at me about this. I can't stand that guy. He has turned like I don't like golf isn't science. There's a lot of science that goes into it. It's it's fun that there's science involved, but like I love the Brooks Kepkas and the Dustin Johnsons of the world because they made golf cool again. Like they're athletes, they're athletic. They like took Tiger Woods' mantle and ran with it. Roy McElroy is a little bit part of that, you know, but I put him in like um uh, Bama boy into a little more of that like Justin Thomas yeah yeah like with the Ricky Fowler Bubba Watson like they just like to have fun oh, but see, I, I also Ricky love Fowler, the athletic actually. side <laughs> I love them I do but I also love the athletic side of golf in like Bryson DeChambeau has just bastardized that with the putting on 20 pounds of blubber to then go train with long drive champions and try to hit his four iron 300 yards and it's like dude what's the point at that one tournament, you know, where they have the dog leg left over water and he's like, I'm going to drive the green of the par five. Yaks his driver 375 yards or whatever. Still just birdies the par five. It's like, dude, people were birding that hole all day. You're doing all this work and you're a freaking sideshow and I hate it. But back to what I like and not just what I hate. Um, you know, I think Brooks showed us a lot of metal. You know, he 2019 ties for second at the Masters narrowly misses his green jacket um last year you know it was a weird year they played in august there was a lot of wondering or sorry november a lot of wondering if he was gonna you know even even make it and he comes back and he kind of you know i think he was the story of the weekend in a way i mean he ties for seventh and um you know i think that he really has a chance to win this thing if he's healthy but you know brooks is you know the health has been an issue so uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see what Berger does. You know, Berger, I think in 2016, he actually had a sneaky little T10 finish. So, you know, look, he's shown he can compete at Augusta. He's got four wins. You know, he's started to come alive more recently. He's 15th in the world. Uh, look for him to make a little noise. And of course, it wouldn't be a golf talk if I didn't talk about Jordan Spieth. 
I was about to ask I mean, about that, actually, because didn't he just win the tournament this past weekend? He did. Yeah, he won the Valero Open. And, you know, Jordan Spieth was kind of in that Ricky Fowler category of like – or Ricky Fowler, I'm sorry. He's different category. That Rory McIlroy category of like, you know, they, they were sort of written off last year or two years ago for Spieth really of like, hey, he's not going to win anymore. Spieth's best days are behind him. He was sort of this young phenom. Where did he go? And, dude – I'll tell you what, master's time isn't a bad time to be peaking. I mean, we saw that from Dustin Johnson in the fall, right? Like he just had those times of bam, 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 started putting some weekends together. And sure enough, they're now eating Dustin Johnson's menu this weekend while he wears a green jacket. So uh, there's a lot of threats out in the field. It's cool to see Spieth back. I hope Brooks is healthy. I hope that, uh, you know, Berger can make some noise. And ultimately, I hope it's just some great golf. But uh, that's really all I got for you guys today. Uh, thanks for stopping by. You know, we really appreciate you all uh, being along for this journey. I mean, again, starting as Knowles Anonymous, a weekly podcast with a couple of our buddies, and now getting to do a legit daily podcast. You can hear us every single day, Monday through Friday. So again, if you love listening to us, Go to wherever you listen to us, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, Odyssey, whatever you're listening on, rate, review, follow, hit us with five stars, tell us what we do well, tell us what we could improve on if you want to, as long as you give us those five stars, and hey, maybe even tell us a fun fact about yourself, and uh, maybe we'll read some of the reviews on here when we get a minute. So with that, I'm Max, with me as always, I had Drake, and we will see y'all tomorrow. Take care, everybody.